Welcome to Let's Just Face It. I am your host, Raquel Colina. It's time to address the issues that impact your lives and keep you from being who you were meant to be. Ladies, are you still hiding behind yourself or issues you just don't want to face? It's time to face them. I am here to help you face those issues holding you back. It's time to face those small fears and make big changes. Are you ready to get started? Hello there, and welcome to Let's Just Face It. I am so happy that you are here today because today we do have a special episode. And I say we because I am not going to be the only one speaking today. I have a special guest. It's Brie. She is known in TikTok from The Ashes 10. I will link her handle in the show notes so you can go and see her content. I was looking at my TikTok one day and I found Brie immediately fell in love with her content. So I reached out to her because there was one TikTok that actually hit me. And I was like, hmm, I want her to share this with the people that listen to my podcast, because there's a lot of people talking about narcissistic abuse, emotional abuse, and psychological abuse. But everybody has a different story. Everybody has a different point of view. And because I want to help as many women as possible, I will be trying to bring people along in the podcast for you to listen to other people's stories, to other people's point of view, so you know that you're not alone. So you know that it is possible to find a better life after abuse. A lot of people have done it, and if other people have done it, it means that you can do it too. You might not be seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel and Bree's story will help you understand how true this actually is. Well, here we have Bree and I just want her to share a little bit of her story with you. Go ahead, Bree. Hi, my name is Bree. I was in a domestic abuse relationship for 17 years. We met when I was a kid. I was 16 and I spent 17 years in hell. <laughs> when did you realize that it was abuse? I think I knew it was abuse on some level in my brain always, even though it's weird how your brain plays tricks on you. Yeah. As you can simultaneously think that you are in an abusive relationship and not think that you are in an abusive relationship. Oh, yeah. I know that all too well. Well, it wasn't just one thing, I wouldn't say. Like, I well, after I had my my daughter, I was Googling his behavior and it came up, you know, narcissism. And I was like, oh, this clicks. Perfect. So I went to him with it and yeah, he convinced me that I was the narcissist <laughs> and I spent a long time in therapy thinking it was me. And I went, you know, I mean, you do that for 10 years and you're not getting any better. You start going, okay, like what else is there? I started noticing how other men treat their girlfriends or wives. And I realized that something was off between us. I read a book called Educated. I don't know if you heard about it by Tara Westover. I will be linking the book in the show notes. It was about like her unbrainwashing. Our stories are completely different. Hers was her origin family, but I realized that our thought process were the same and that maybe I was in some type of brainwashing. Yeah. Which I, which I do believe I was. It sounds very familiar. Is this the same as you? Yeah. I had no idea about narcissism or anything like that. I found that a couple of years after I actually left them, when I started finding all these new vocabulary words, they were all so new to me. And I was like, whoa. And it is a fact that he always kept calling me crazy. That was like the thing that actually made me look into this. And when I found it, it, it all clicked for me. Yes. At some point at the beginning, I knew he was the problem. 
But you keep hearing it so often that it sinks in and it starts to make you believe that it is them who's telling the truth. So I can actually relate to you. How long have you been out of your relationship? I've been out for a year and a half. So I still got a lot of healing to do, but I, I can't believe like I forgot what happiness was. You know, now I'm just like happy. I still have bad days for sure. I have really bad days, but generally it's like, I feel happy is my base. What would you say is the first thing that you did that really made you feel happy after you left? I mean, I did lots of things. I did lots of small things like get takeout on a weekend or like not sit at the table with Brielle for dinner because, because I didn't have to, I could sit in front of the TV and it didn't have to be so formal. There are little things like that. Going on dates was a whole new experience for me. still is. Those were the little things, but one thing I did last month is I just went to Mexico. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go to Mexico. And I did. So the Thursday night, I called my best, one of my best friends who's a travel agent. And I said, where can you get me for Friday? And she got me on a plane to Mexico. You went alone? That's awesome. My car broke down and I always relied on him for my car to get fixed. But instead, like I figured out what was wrong with it and I gave it a boost and, you know, it just felt... Oh, it just feels good. We don't have to rely on a person anymore, right? You felt empowered. It's so, it so, sounds so silly though. I still have to develop some strategies as to noticing the signs in dating. I'm starting to notice the signs in friendship. I was at a party recently and I was talking to one of the guys and I just looked right at him and I was like, don't gaslight me. <laughs> and he was like, what do you mean? I'm like, this, this, and this is gaslighting and I don't appreciate it. And then I walked away, but that was like kind of nice. I remember my mother always teaching me how to never let a man hit me. But other than that, I didn't think anything else was abuse. That was 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 programmed in my brain. No man ever hit me, but I didn't know about all the things that you can't see. So I wasn't aware that abuse was something outside of physical abuse. None of that. So I experienced both physical and emotional abuse and manipulation and whatnot. And I have to say that's worse. That part is way worse than the hitting part. And people say, well, if you get hit, at least people think it's abuse. But that's not true. People just doubt you. They just have, they come up with another reason not to believe you. Yeah. With physical abuse, there's also emotional and psychological abuse within it. Yes, yes. And the emotional abuse leads to you questioning your reality, right? And that's the scariest thing. I think that's the scariest thing I've ever experienced. Being like, is this real? Is my life real? That's kind of why now when people say stuff to me on TikTok, it's like, I don't think you understand. Since you brought up TikTok, I think it would be perfect to tell them about the seven recovery stages of abuse. Oh, yes, yes. The first stage, I can only describe this feeling. I spent 17 years of my life feeling lost, broken, scared, and especially confused. I honestly believed I was going crazy. This stemmed from the persistent manipulation techniques that I was experiencing. I remember doing anything and everything to avoid arguments and still I would find myself in an argument. This had led to being on edge more and suppressing emotions. Eventually I noticed an erosion of self. The second step of the recovery stages of abuse is the aha moment, as coined by Oprah Winfrey. This is when you come across some information on either narcissism or abuse, and you start to piece things together. I believe I was about six years in, and I began Googling the ex's behavior. I was getting desperate. I remember really struggling after we had our daughter. 
I brought it up to him and he ended up convincing me that I was the narcissist actually. And since, you know, everyone has some traits of narcissism, it's human behavior, and I am self-reflective, I spent 10 years in therapy trying to work on my, air quote, narcissism. It wasn't for nothing, however, because it did plant a seed that helped me be able to identify the ex as a narcissist eventually. The third stage in um, recovery from abuse is denial. This is when you are desperately looking for excuses for your partner's behavior. You know, you don't want your partner to be this monster that you're reading about. I believe denial did play a part as to why I was in therapy for those 10 years. During that time, I actually remember one of my close friends asking me, if the ex was still volatile. And I was actually so confused as to what she meant by that. I mean, the brain does funny things to protect us. And I guess I wasn't ready to face the music. The fourth stage in recovery is the seesaw stage. You are continually moving around, you know, from grief to depression and rage. You know, you're trying to wrap your head around, you know, with what you're dealing with. The fifth stage of recovery is when you absolutely know what you have to do. I knew what I had to do after a night when the ex strangled me and, you know, I fought back. I ended up pinned to the ground and he called our daughter down the the stairs and told her to call the police on me because he said I was attacking him. And when I saw her sad little face, I just knew what I had to do. That was, that was it. I knew he would never change at that point. The sixth stage, you break free. Now this sounds fantastic and you think it's going to be wonderful. This is when you can make your own life abuser free. I always thought I would get to the other side and I would be free and happy. And the aftermath of the abuse was, was so much more painful than I expected, you know, from things like PTSD, panic attacks, Uh, nightmares, stalking, post-separation abuse, manipulating our child. I honestly didn't think I would get through it. I still experience these things, but I now have a little bit more coping mechanisms that are healthy and I put my mental health first. So that really does help when you're in this type of situation. In the last stage, the seventh stage, this is thriving. You know, when I look back at old pictures of myself, I absolutely do not recognize that person. I still have bad days, but I am a hundred times the woman I was. I know my value. I know what I will and won't put up with. I value things that are important to me. I put more value into my friends because I have legit have the best friends and family. I have confidence. I have self-esteem and self-worth. I've traveled more this year than ever and we're in a flipping pandemic. I put my energy Uh, into being the best mom I can be. And I measure it by my relationship with my daughter and how she's doing rather than how clean the kitchen is. Wow, Brie, I am so happy that you're no longer in that scenario and you are somebody to admire for sure. So for those of you that might be taking notes, the seven recovery stages of abuse are number one, that feeling of lost. Number two, the aha moment. Number three, denial. Number four, the seesaw stage. Number five, knowing what to do. 
Number six, break free. And number seven, thriving. Thank you so much for this, Brie. I just love the way that you put it. Is there anything else that you would like to say? I just hope that if there's anyone out there that is going through it or they think they're going through it to reach out. When I started telling my story, that's when I got the most support. Women are out there more than you think. People go through it more than you know. And you would be so surprised to know the people around you that have been through the same thing as you, as what you're going through now. And they too didn't think it was as common. And they also did think that they were alone, but it's a whole bunch of people now out there talking about it. So many, so many. So, you know, and get educated on it. That's the first thing. Yep. You need to understand what is going on so you can manage it and move on from there. Yeah. And leave. Seriously, leave. I mean, it's going to suck at first. It's really going to suck at first, but then it gets better and then it gets so much better. Yeah. And I tell people all the time, the hardest thing is putting that foot out the door. Oh, yeah. The hardest part. Once you put that foot out the door, everything else is just a little bit easier. I do think the trauma bonding right after that, I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to get on the other side and then it would be all rainbows and, but, and I would like party and I'd have, you know, and I'd have my freedom, but you know, the, the PTSD for me anyway, that came after, I mean, it really made me want to go back, but I'm so glad that I just put my head down and got through it because eventually for me, it got better. I'm glad that it was better for you right away, but it wasn't right away for, for me. I had to stay there for about five months after I realized that I was done, that it was toxic and I didn't want to be there anymore. I totally fell out of love for him and I stuck it in for five more months while I tried to figure out how I was leaving because my whole family, my whole support system was in Puerto Rico. I had no one here. I had to figure it out by myself. I wasn't quite working yet. My income wasn't steady. So I had to keep quiet for five months. I think that I was using the gray rock method up to some point without even knowing what it was. So I think that by the time I left, I was already over the trauma bond. One day I just developed this, and it's a very strong word, but I just hated him. I hated him so bad. And it was at that moment where he was trying to promise everything that I had been asking for the past 14 years, but it was too little too late. And at that point, I was sure I wasn't going to go back. But I kept going back for 14 years. It did take me, like they say, seven to eight times. Mine was up there too. It was was quite a few times that I had left. The reason why I wanted to have you on my podcast is because I do love everything that you post on TikTok. And part of the things that you've posted have also helped me understand things I didn't know. One of the first TikTokers that I saw was you and Lisa. When I went on, I thought that people didn't know what they were going through. And I wanted to help so many women learn to identify that they are in a toxic relationship. But this was way bigger than what I ever thought. I thought I was actually jumping in to help women, but I was also being helped as well. Yes. Yes. Isn't it funny where you find find it? TikTok? Like I would have thought it was like a teenager's app for dancing, but it was, it's, it's so much bigger than that. Looking to help women with my story and everything, and then also letting people know about the podcast. And I found women that were actually helping me understand more of the things that I wasn't aware that I needed to know. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. Even creating my own podcast has helped me with my own healing. Yes, it would. Yeah. I mean, I I love it. I love that we're all talking about it now. I like that we're talking about it. We're figuring it out. We're connecting with each other. I didn't know what I went through. I know there's a lot of women out there like that. Why is he being mean? 
what they don't know it's that this is abuse or you get to a certain point where you're like you're just like you have no idea that all of this stuff happened and was building over years and years yeah and you're just like how did i become this person right you wake up one day you're like oh, this isn't who i am i'm still learning i'm like there's another one <laughs> yep yep it's crazy yep it's i'll be like oh i got this dumb pad i got this dumb pad and then i'll read another book cuz and i'm like oh my god <laughs> At first, it's all I was doing, just digesting all this stuff. Because I didn't know what was going on. I didn't know it was abuse. I didn't realize my relationship was an abusive one. I wanted to help other women, but I didn't realize it was so much bigger. It was so much deeper. Everything had a name. Everything had an explanation. It was so nice talking to you. <laughs> yes, for sure. It was so nice talking to you. I think we're good. Well, there you go. I will link in the show notes the book that she mentioned. I will also put in her TikTok handle so you can follow her as well. And you can start learning different things that she's also putting out there. There's a lot of content out there for you to know and understand what is going on. Also, there is the breakaway journal that I have created within the past months it has taken a while, but it has been available for the past two weeks. It will be at a 21%. It is at a discount right now, and I will continue to discount throughout the rest of the year. Use by 21. So just go to RaquelCalina.com forward slash store. I will also put the link in the show notes below so you can access it and you can start understanding what you went through and how you can move from where you are to find yourself in a better place. I hope that the seven recovery stages of abuse will help you understand that you are not alone, that you're not the only one. It does get better and that you can start your process whenever you feel ready. I hope that you wake up, realize what's going on, learn from it, get better, leave and move on to the life that you so deserve. Happy Thanksgiving. It has been a pleasure being with you here today. As always, thank you so much for joining us. And remember that you can share this episode with your friends and family. You can subscribe so you can get notifications when the next episode is up. And you can also review the show so you can help us reach more people. Thank you so much. Hope you have a blessed week. Take care. Bye-bye.